welcome to Forever Canon, the podcast where we talk about Legacy of the Force, Book 5, Sacrifice. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. And this week, we're going to kick it off by covering chapters 1 through 4 of Legacy of the Force, Book 5, Sacrifice, also the prologue. But, you know, I mean, by by, ti- just, by title, it, yeah. it'll say chapters 1 through 4. Yes. <laughs> Probably just a few pages anyways. But that's this week. First, bum, bum, bum. Previously, on Forever Canon, we talked about book four. And then we talked about book five. <laughs> a little little bit of everything. <laughs> I think we kind of landed on book four was good, but we wanted different things out of it. Yeah. And book five, we're looking forward to a sacrifice. <laughs> It's in there. There it's it is in the title. Right in the title. And let us wait no more. As we start with the prologue in the Skywalker's bedroom on Coruscant. Timestamp, 0300 hours. That's a familiar start as Marjade Skywalker can't sleep. I think every single book is open like that so far. Pretty much. Somebody can't sleep or someone's having a bad dream. Yeah. Yeah, I really do think so. The th- uh, the first one was Luke. I think the second one was Boba Fett. The third one was Luke again, but it, the dream was a little different. The yeah. fourth one was Jason getting murder-suicided out the viewport by his mom. And here in the fifth <laughs> book, it's Mara Jade. She's dwelling on Ben's whereabouts because he's still missing. Yeah. And her own body count. <laughs> Over the years. And how different the galaxy could have been had she killed Palpatine when she had so many chances, like early in his reign of terror, being the Emperor's hand. Yeah. She never did. She said, I think she even said, like, she never even felt like she, it was an option. Never even occurred to her. No, <laughs> like, no. She never wild? thought She never thought that this would be a good idea to save everybody. Apparently, old Sheev must have had a secret girlfriend and just threw everybody off the trail. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> ever thought about killing him or getting in his destructive path. She thinks to herself, my family is torn apart. I barely know Ben. Jason is a total stranger. Lumaya tried to kill my kid. And then she finds some comfort and drifts off to sleep, resolving to kill Lumaya. Yeah. Ah, sweet dreams. Add one more to the body count. It's nap time. She's like, he tried to kill Ben. Did she, though? When did Lumaya try to kill Ben that Mara knows about? Yeah. I mean, she did just try to kill him on Zeist. She yeah. tried to have the pirates blow him up after it's he all been picked up a child. Supposition and circumstantial. Not, not even. Yeah, it's planted evidence. Yeah. But nowhere, even in that planted evidence of like talking about what happened on the asteroid. Did they decide that Lumaya tried to kill Ben? No. Did they? No. Ben killed Lumaya's daughter. Wink, wink. And then, so then she must want to get revenge on him. But like, when did she, when did she try? I don't know. Whatever. Sweet dreams. (laughs) It's all good. From the, from the cover to the prologue. I'm starting to get the feeling. Mara Jade Skywalker. It's going to be a pivotal part of this book. Yeah, she'll have an important role somewhere. Uh, I think so. Uh, I think so. Cut to 
chapter one. The real beginning of any book. The foreword of the chapter. Allow me to read it to you. It's a long one. Yeah. He will choose the fate of the weak. He will win and break his chains. He will choose how he will be loved. He will strengthen himself through sacrifice. He will make a pet. He will strengthen himself through pain. He will balance between peace and conflict. He will know brotherhood. He will remake himself. He will immortalize his love, Commander. Strike that last word from the record. Yeah. <laughs> Common themes and prophecies were recorded in the symbology of knotted tassels by Dr. Highland Rotham, University of Pan-Galactic Cultural Studies. Not going to read the rest of that. This is a rehash, real quick, of Jason's Sith prophecy. Yeah, his but destiny. It also says common themes in yes. recorded prophecies. Yes, exactly. Which is, I mean, I think like a, a maybe a sign that you're not the only one. You are space Jesus too. <laughs> There have been other prophecies with these same, you know, uh, uh, proclamations and stuff like that. But the thing I thought was really interesting is that this is the dude who way back in uh, book one or, or two, maybe that Ben, or not Ben, Jason found and brought the tassel to. This is that his research paper on those tassels. Yeah. I just thought like, what a cool, what a great use. Bring her back, bring what, him back in. Yeah. What a great use of that character. I mean, like. Don't just throw it away and have him be for nothing or whatever. Like, don't just uh, give him that tassel and have him do nothing with it. Bring it back up again later. That's cool. I like that. Welcome back to the forwards. I don't know. Here we go. Start on the Sith meditation sphere on its way to Coruscant. Ben feeling quite uncomfortable on his new ship. There's no seats. And he's all alone. There's no even real walls, even. Eh. <laughs> the ship reads his mind. Yep. Pretty uncomfortable. No shit. <laughs> no ship. No seats. <laughs> no safety. And the ship is reading your mind the whole time. And you're all alone. You're all alone. What happened to the six-year-old girl that you brought with you off the planet? Well, we're just going to write that away real quick and say oh they uh, they actually took a detour and dropped her yeah, off they dropped her and shaker off yeah up oh, see ya back at the planet where they where he got shaker yeah apparently uh, karen didn't want to deal with <laughs> those two little tag alongs and wrote them right out of the story just uh, very snoky yeah ah, i don't like this guy i'm just going to kill him and uh, mm, yeah, right. get rid of all your They're story gone. that you were setting up goodbye <laughs> now ben is alone they drop him off at drua which was their home? Fine. I'm fine. I'm fine with this retcon. Yeah. I'm fine with it. I didn't need them on the journey. It would have been interesting to see him like show back up wherever he's going to report to and have a six year old with him. But let's uh, just erase that little bit of drama because we don't want to deal with it. I guess. Karen. Yeah. Backspace. Yeah. I'm I'm fine with them not being there. Yeah. Whatever. But worse than being uncomfortable on this ship, Ben is confused. He says. The amulet seems worthless, so why did I just ruin a little girl's life? <laughs> Valid question. <laughs> yeah. That's a good question. Questions you don't get from a 13-year-old. Questions you get from a 14-year-old. Yes. He's a grown man now. <clears throat> Much has changed in the life of Ben. The plan was to get the amulet to Jason, though. Jason's smart. It must have been for a reason. Yeah. I got to stop doubting this guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know? 
Let's find Jason. Jason had some reason to send him to get it. <laughs> yeah, he's like, let's find him. And he asks the ship to find him. And the ship drops out of hyperspace. Thanks for a minute. Yeah, it looks around for a minute. Turns and then says, it found what it was seeking and takes off in a new direction. Mm. Now, apparently at 15 years old, you might pick up on the subtlety of phrasing. Yes. Because Ben doesn't. It doesn't say, yes, Ben, I found Jason for you. It says, I found what I was seeking. And then yeah. it goes zoom and takes off. And Ben's like, this is fine. Everything. <laughs> this is perfect. Totally. I'm sure this is this is exactly what I wanted. Cut to the Anakin solo. Uh, before. Oh, before. Yes, cut back. Cut back. <laughs> Sorry, man. We were, t- we were talking uh, when he first found the, the meditation sphere, how we thought it was stone. Like made a yeah, stone. well, that's how we remembered it. Ben right? describes it like that. I know, as a rough stone, rough red stone. But like maybe that's with wings from the inside, because then later they say, when I I think I I think I yeah, cut, let's cut to let's cut back the Anakin, Anakin solo. All right, um, where Jason is taking the entire crew on a scenic route back to Coruscant. They don't want to go the direct route because then you have to face the consequences of his actions much sooner. <laughs> Yeah, don't want to do that. He's also trying to find Ben in the Force and reflecting on his changed self. These days, he didn't like what he didn't know. It was a stark contrast with the days when he had wandered the galaxy in search of the esoteric and the mysterious for the sake of new Force knowledge. Of late, he wanted certainty. He wanted order and order of his own making. No longer interested in questions and mysteries. I'm just going to put all these ducks in a row. Yeah. And make damn sure that they walk in a straight line. And and do, make sure they do. I make it happen. He's no. a hard he's a hard man now. He's not a soft little animal lover like he used to be. No. Who He was so nice to animals. Who would have ever seen this serial killer coming? Spoilers. <laughs> but Jason opens himself in the force. Which is a rarity. Yeah. He's usually closed down and disappeared. But he opens up himself up and guides Ben to the Anakin. And we get a good description of the ship on the way in. And it is different from what Ben said. It was a disembodied eye with double, well, wings on each side. There was no other word to describe them. Membranes stretched between jointed fingers of veins like webbing. The dull amber surface seemed covered in a tracery of blood vessels. For a brief moment, Jason thought it was precisely that, an organic ship. A living vessel, an ecosystem in its own right, of the kind that only the hated Yuzhan Vong invaders had created. But it was somehow too regular, too constructed. Clustered spires of spiked projections rose from the hull like a compass rose, giving it a stylized cross-like appearance. Okay. So it's got bat wings. It's got bat wings. And it's amber colored. Yeah. And not described as metallic here at all like it was in the last book. No. But like, it's a flying eyeball with maybe metal bat wings and metal spike mohawk from forehead to taint. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's a weird ship. It's so weird. <laughs> we can, nobody seems to be able to agree on what it actually looks like. 
Or is this just Karen <laughs> rewriting things the way she wants them to be again? Because it was described as metallic, but it could be like an amber metal. An yeah. amber colored metal. It's like almost bronze-ish or whatever. And they're looking at it at a distance right now, too. It's No, this is him uh, standing right in front of it looking at it. Is he looking or at no, it? No, no, no. this is like out the viewport. You're like. right. Yeah, it's out the viewport. But what the fuck is this thing, man? <laughs> I... I like the three authors approach. I want the consistency of description that you get from a singular author. Yes. I want, I will not get these books are in case you haven't noticed already written. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, they, they uh, will not be retconned. Now they were before. Now they're not because now they don't really exist. Yes. Now they are legends. Yeah. According to some moving on. Ben lands, so now he lands. Yes. <laughs> and tells Jason all about his adventure. But he's not excited. He's sullen. A brush with harsh reality instead of his usual sheltered life, Jason thinks. The kid's been kept in a bubble all his life. Bubble-ish. I mean, as more than most other Jedi kids. Yeah. Especially with him cutting himself off from the Force and not, like, being particularly useful to the Jedi <laughs> Order at large. Like, he's just been kept under the wing of his super parents all of his life. This yep. is his first time that he ever went out on his own and had to think and, and react. Had to survive and survive. And, yeah. yeah. Comes back totally different, and Jason picks him up on it right away. But he tells Ben that he's proud of him, and he sends him off. And Lumaya steps out of the shadows. As she does. To the ship. Saying, it's ancient. How old is this ship? I need a ship origin story. Short story. Yeah. That's all I want. Because, like, what the hell is this thing? It thinks for itself. It controls itself. So it's like a living, thinking thing. Mm-hmm. But is it like a construct that somebody imbued their... Uh, their force their, essence or yeah, whatever? Yeah. yeah, their fucking brain into. <laughs> yeah, they're... Yeah, like, it's like I down, you download... It's not quite a clone, but it's like you put your... Uh, it's like an advanced I can't Sith holocron almost. Right yeah, but way better. Way better. When it opens up, you go inside it. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't just talk to you or whatever. Yeah. But, oh, it does. It also reads your mind, though. Anyways, I just don't know what this thing is. She says it's ancient, and the ship tells her how it found Jason, which I thought was very interesting. He tells Jason, and Jason's pretty rattled when he hears this, that the ship followed the feelings of the crew around him, mm -hmm. who are probably a big concentration of like fear and anxiety or something. Yeah, it's a... Right? And... Jason's shook. He's like, yeah. wait a minute. I can be tracked even though I'm not present in the force. For a guy that's constantly hiding, that would be that. That's how very you find that's like, so that's like a principle of astronomy is like you prove the existence of the thing by the function of what's happening around it. Yeah. Like you prove the gravity well by watching things be pulled towards it, even though you can't see it. Mm -hmm. You can you know it's there because of uh, the response of the living human beings in the ship around him. They're terrified of yeah. this guy. That ship is super smart then to figure it out that way too. Fucking hey, 
ancient smart. <laughs> yeah. How many thousands of years of brain does this sucker have tagged into him? Dude, what if it's Darth Bane? That'd be cool. Ship. Because honestly, I don't remember. <laughs> I, I I thought it was a rock all this time. <laughs> yeah. I just, I, I don't remember what, if or what the story is. Like, if we even find out, I don't remember. But I've got a big problem with what happens right here. Because Jason says, I don't want the ship. No. What? He thinks it's cool and he's he might like, want to yeah. study it. But but maybe he's like, it'll draw too much attention. Maybe it's a little too outright evil right now. <laughs> like Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Maybe that's like, he's trying to, he's still undercover. Yeah. You know, he, he's like, doesn't want all the workers at the restaurant to know that he's secretly the boss. Because he's going to have to give them their comeuppance pretty soon. And even though it's got its own power, he's got a Star Destroyer. Well, yeah, he does have his own ship, doesn't he? Yeah. And it's got a better name. <laughs> yes. We don't know what this thing's name is. Everybody's just calling it ship, except for Lumaya, who says it's the Sith meditation sphere. But how are you not interested in... he? I don't know. He gives it to Lumaya. Yeah, she's in love with it. He All he wants to know is when the big sacrifice is coming. That's all he cares about. Lumaya tells him, soon. And he knows it's true. It's soon. They yeah. don't know what it is, but it's soon. And we cut to a meeting of the clans on Mandalore. This time it took a whole segment to get to him. Yeah. We had one cut scene first. No, two of them. And then we get to Boba Fett. Boba's back. Baby. Woo. <laughs> but before he can get hunting for that cure... And information on his wife's death. He's got to get Mandalore in order, Tim. Yes, he does. This diasporatic group of people who aren't really a group of people, more like a group of thinking. You know, they define their culture by just the way that you live, not who or what you are. They've got to rebuild. They've got to come back together. And it's up to the Mandalore of Mandalore. The Mandalorian Boba Fett. Yeah. To pull everybody together and agree on what to do. The town hall meeting really centers on two points. Number one, there's a war. What are we doing? Yeah, who, who are we fighting we for? We are Mandalorians. Who are we fighting for? Boba Fett says, fight for whomever you please, but nothing official. You will not fly our flags uh, on your missions. It's personal business only. I wouldn't stop. I dream of stopping anybody from making money. Go do your thing but not in the name of Mandalore. Question number two. What about our planet? What are we doing with this planet here? It's half fucking destroyed by Vong, half emptied by dead or deserters. What yeah. are we going to... Well, not deserters, I guess, but dead. <laughs> what are we going to do? Boba Fett says, I'm rich as fuck. I'll give us a lot of money, and I'm ordering two million Mandalorians to come back home. And he yeah. points from the podium, and the crowd goes wild, and... Yeah, and he another provision in there. I think it says everybody donates half of their credits or something. Yeah, to, to rebuild something like that for like an X amount of time or whatever. Yeah, and everybody, literally everyone, is just like, okay, it's pretty agreeable, <laughs> reasonable idea. Yeah, it's like for uh, for a council of the barbarians sort of thing. It's so civil. Yeah, where they're just like, all right, that's a fine idea. We will do that. <laughs> That's I, I 
amazing. I just amazing. Everybody agrees with him though, and Boba Fett still in his head goes, "Ah, but I'm not a leader." Yeah, <laughs> I can't lead these men. And are Even they? Everybody agreed with you. Are, <laughs> and loves you and reveres you. They kind of do, but they're like, "You haven't been here." Yeah, like they do hold like hold a resentment towards him. Basically. And he he's like, "I don't even know the language of my own culture." Well, him and his father were like the outsiders as far as Mandalorians go. Yeah, his dad wasn't from Mandalore; he was from Concord Dawn, wherever the hell that was. His dad didn't work with other Mandalorians. He just made billions of himself. Yep. And like, so that the two of them are like exiles, if you will, <laughs> from the Mandalorian culture. And that is the sacrifice that Jango Fett made to have a son who could have a better life than him. And he could have a million clones. Got him. <laughs> and that's who we're looking for. As Boba Fett... And his granddaughter, Myrta, gear up to find Skirata? Was yeah. it Cal? Jan? I don't remember. I think it's Cal Skirata. Yeah, I don't know what the first name is. I don't really like that last name either. No. But what are you going to do? Here's a question. How do you find a bounty hunter? You hire him. That's a good question. It's a good answer, too. <laughs> Boba Fett knows what's up. And when they're traveling through, they give a pretty good description when they're traveling to Slave One, they give a good description of what the planet's looking like. Yeah. Forest decimated, like um, the fields have been salted, and now yeah. how each building looks. Each building is it's like its own citadel type deal. Yeah, they're all fortresses. Yeah, like it's not a comfort home. No, it's no, a safety. Home. They're all business. Yeah. Well, and I mean, they, their planet got pretty much destroyed by the Yuzhan Vong out of spite because yeah. they like double agent betrayed the Vong. That's what you get. Yeah. That's what you get. You you live a, you live by the sword, you die by the sword of the Jedi. <laughs> Chapter two. Starts with a foreword. And I will read this shorter foreword to you. If you can't beat them, divide them. Calamas, Chief of State, Galactic Alliance. Sounds sneaky. I, I think he's got his uh his quotes mixed up. It's supposed to be join them, I think. <laughs> Well, when they're not joining you, yes, break their team up. Then they're breaking. They're breaking up our team. Break up their team. That's illegal. Do something. Couldn't shoot her or something. That that just made me think of what if the GA was like, "All right, Corellia, you win. We'll join your government, <laughs> and then big piece, whole galaxy, all done. that." Well, oh, and like the move is. What you do is you slowly from the inside make those same laws that you wanted where like everybody has to contribute to the army. Yeah. <laughs> you can't have secret missile factories and secret fleets. And then it becomes the because Galactic Alliance. Guess what? The Confederation as a government, especially as an unstable new government, would probably want exactly that. Yeah. Right? <laughs> That's kind of the irony of this whole thing is like, don't tell me what to do. But if I was in charge, I would be telling you that. <laughs> exact same thing. And it's tough. But we start in the chief of state's office on Coruscant, where once upon a time, lowly Jedi Knight Jason Solo is having regular meetings still with the supreme commander of the of the fleet and the chief of state, Calamas. The GA is trying to, to decide 
the GA, I mean, the three of them. Yes. The three of them are effectively a triumvirate that decides everything that this government does. Jason Solo, somehow. <laughs> just, like, walked right into that <laughs> position. Mara didn't want the secret police. He took them, and then he fucking... Yeah, shot to the uh, top. Took off with it. I didn't mean to do an R2-D2 there, but... Uh, <laughs> well, what are we going to do to stop the bleeding as more systems <laughs> secede in the wake of Glitter Town 8? And uh, the three of them don't come up with much of a plan. No. They don't. They just, they just Their plan is try to convince the last few people that left to come back pretty weak position yeah by saying all right you know what don't worry about contributing yeah. because they're small little planets that yeah. mean nothing which again defeats the whole argument you're defeating yourself if you do that yeah you can't start cutting corners for people now you drew the hard line a long time ago and attacked center point for it that's yep. how this whole shit started now when you're losing now you have to start backpedaling right that's politics <laughs> but i think the most important thing here is like the temperature in the room between the three of these people. Oh yeah. They're pretty cold. They're pretty dumb with each other. Other than Nyathal and Jason both kind of to themselves talk about how I'm going to hold on to that one. Cause he's going to be my key or she, he or she is going to be my key moving up. Yeah. Like I'm going to, the two of us holding arms together are going to keep walking forward. But if we, you know, if we are divided, we can't beat him, Kalamas. Yeah. <laughs> Quoted by Jason and Nithal in the chief of state's office. But anyways, Jason leaves first. And Omas tries to make a secret survivor-type alliance. If anybody remembers Survivor on TV, that's what Omas is trying to do. He's trying to make a secret uh, secret pact with Nithal. He says, Jason is a loose cannon. Forever. He'll forever be a loose cannon. Ever, ever, <laughs> canon. <laughs> then we see Nyathal. She doesn't say one way or the other if she's uh, yeah. going to team up with Homeboy over there. And then we see her have her own meeting with her spy, who spies on the GAG, Jason's secret police. Everybody loves Jasmond. <laughs> Everybody. That's the news out of the GAG. Everybody loves Jasmond. Like Raymond? Yeah. Jasmond. Yeah. Ah. Ah, ma. Ah. They broke my blockade. Ah. <laughs> no. Glitter Town. No, ma. Anyways, except for Shivu. <laughs> yeah. Everybody in the GAG loves Jason, except for Shivu. He's not a fan. No. He's more. Um, in the favor of uh, treating people fairly. <laughs> yeah. Not just rounding everybody up. Yeah, he's the kind of guy that'll do his job, do it well. He's doing what he's told. and But he's... he doesn't particularly love Jason's tactics. No. Cut to Lumaya's Asteroid. I think that's the final name that I'm landing on for that one. Yes. Lumaya is flying the ship. Mm. Idiot Jason. Why? With someone broken, the ship says, following them. I don't know who that could possibly be. But while they are dodging and teasing their pursuer, 
Lumaya asked the ship about its last pilot, a.k.a. Ben Skywalker. Almost said Solo, Ben Skywalker, forever canon. The ship just says he's not like us. No. Nope. <laughs> well, that's as simple as it gets, really, right? Like, I don't think it would say that about Jason. Yeah. Less like us than the one that's following us, as I think is Yeah, what that's says. what he says. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true, too. Good call. Okay, so Ben apparently is not going to be Jason's Sith apprentice. But Lumaya thinks maybe he'll be his sacrifice. She wonders because she doesn't know. Nope. Here is one of those rare times. We were talking about it a lot in the uh, preview review where like she knows things that we don't know. Yeah. But now here's a rare time where she's telling us that she doesn't know. I, I don't something. know. It's coming. But... It's like, nobody knows this one, bro. <laughs> Keep reading. Cause I don't even know, but that sacrifice is coming. She says, maybe it's not even a person. Yeah. It's coming soon. She could almost feel the, Fabric of the Force, anticipating it. That's a quote from the book. The Fabric of the Force. That is something I've never really heard in these books before. No. But it sounds like, to anybody out there who might be familiar with the Wheel of Time series, it sounds exactly like their concept of fate and destiny. It's like, fate is a weave of threads spun out of the Wheel of Time. Yeah. And so, like, is the force or like the future the same thing where it's like a, a fabric of woven threads? She's pulling strings, that kind of thing, right? That, that's how it's ex- kind of explained in the Darth Bane series, too. Yeah? Yeah. I must be forgetting that, but I don't think I've ever heard that before until this point. But obviously, I mean, I read those books, so. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously, but yeah, I just thought that, that right away, I was like, oh, that sounds like the Wheel of Time, man. That's like the same thing where, like, predestination is a thing. But you can pull the threads in different directions for a certain amount of time. Yeah. And like have the, things come to yeah. pass. Like the end goal might be exactly the same, but the path is different. Yeah. And who's going to fulfill that path and stuff like that. Yeah. That's kind of the level that she's on right now. And she picked Jason mm-hmm. to fulfill this Sith destiny. But Lumai and the ship arrive on the asteroid just ahead of the broken one. Alemarar, of course. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the story. <laughs> Early. Karen, getting him in there. Yeah. No, we'll see, though. <laughs> um, she's amazed that this ship thinks. Alemarar is amazed by the ship. Yeah, man, me too. I want it. I, I do. I want... Yeah. I said it. I'll say it again. A whole book. Give me a whole book about this ship. Or, you know, like a pamphlet. <laughs> <laughs> Give me, like, the, all the, 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 like, the point form notes that I need. All the most important stuff. Lumaya can not only does the ship think, but she can feel ship's sympathy for broke ass Alema. Yeah. She's like, well, it is its job to aid and protect the Sith. That is so fucking cool. This is the coolest <laughs> ship ever, man. It even, it doesn't just think it has feelings. Like it was getting annoyed with Ben. It was excited to find Lumaya. It's sympathetic towards Alema. This is eat a thousand dicks. Millennium Falcon. This is the greatest ship ever made. I don't care. At this point, Tim is showing me a picture of the ship, and it looks awful. It does look it does look this like this is an a, eye. Wiki, a Wikipedia image. Yeah, and it looks not at all like what I want it to look like. No, I'm not seeing the membrane in between the 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 
veins of the wings there. But it looks like a gold abomination. Yes, it does. Anyways, uh, that's not what it looks like. It's probably made out of rock. <laughs> I'll tell you that for sure. <laughs> and it's at this point, Lumaya threatens, which is always a good idea, to threaten the ever-crazy Alemarar about 300 times. Mm-hmm. Alema wants Jason as bait to kill Han and Leia. Lumaya says, my plan is almost complete. Screw off or die. Her task is... She's been after, I think the way that she words this is like, ever since Luke Skywalker fired on her and shot her down, she has been on this path. What she keeps claiming is not about revenge on Luke Skywalker, and yet it keeps tying back to that moment being a pivotal change in her life. Yeah. Where she literally said, I've been on this path since Luke Skywalker shot me down. Don't get in my way, Alamarar, I will kill you. Are you sure it's not revenge? <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure you're not scared, Jason? Like, is she doing the same thing that he's doing? Unless, like... Just denying her actual feelings? That was where she committed herself to the, the Sith, the Sith destiny. Pulling the destiny out. And, and, and it I just know. so happens that making his his nephew a Sith Lord would just happen to be revenge. It just has to be his nephew because he's Luke Skywalker. Not because Luke Skywalker hurt my feelings. Yeah. Because Jason has the hot, hot Skywalker blood. (laughs) That's why. Like maybe it. Yeah, I know. Right. But that's her whole thing is. Yeah. She keeps bringing him up. She's like, she walks that line. And I say she does all the writers write that line. So well of like, is she being honest and manipulating things for the outcome that she's saying? Or is there ulterior motives that she's not telling anybody about? And they kind of, with things like this, where she keeps calling back to that incident with Luke, Mm -hmm. they keep drawing that doubt back out over and over again, where you're like, ah, but is she, (laughs) but is it just revenge? (laughs) Yeah. Fuck her. (laughs) What is she up to? Tricky bitch. I never know what she's doing up there. (laughs) Maya meatloaf. Fuck! <laughs> Meatloaf. <laughs> Being the operative phrase here, I should have said spice loaf, obviously. Yes, you should have. My mistake. Get out of my way. Don't take Jason. My plan is almost complete. We're back to where we were. I've been on this path ever since Luke freed me from worrying about beauty and such trivial things. Way to go, Luke. Yeah. Real hero. You made her ugly. <laughs> really coming out on top of this whole book series. How about this alternate universe where Luke is married to Lumaya and Dark Mara is turning Jason? Ooh. Ooh, I like that. I, I do like that. Uh-huh. Yeah. He ends. He redeems Lumaya and forsakes Mara. And so Mara is the one who's in her place. And maybe that works with this whole threads of fate and destiny thing where like yeah no matter what somebody was going to be seducing his hot skywalker blood nephew to be the master of the sith at some point i know <laughs> that's a fucking weird idea <laughs> i like but it though. i like it too anyway <laughs> maya has a job for a lemma spy on jason for me yeah. are you stupid she just said she wants to use Jason as bait. Now you're going to tell her to go follow him around everywhere? Again, what are just, what are her motives here? I think... <laughs> is she trying to get Alema killed? Or is she... I, I, 
I think part of her genuinely wants to keep tabs on what the hell Jason's doing. Yeah, and I think Alema's going to follow Jason around and try and use him anyway, so why not have her report back to you? I guess, but now you're like ordering her to be in his vicinity and tempted to do your own thing and get in the way here. Like, you just told her to stay out of the way and then you threw her right in front of the train. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I don't know. You know what I mean? Let's like, give her more opportunities to mess shit up. It's just, it's just a weird choice. But Alema here, speaking of that revenge. She goes deep on why she wants revenge on Leia. Mm-hmm. She says, She took our Leku, and so we can't communicate fully with others. She caused the destruction of our nest, too. And she took what attracted others to us, our beauty. We're lonely, and we can never touch the world properly again. That's fucking heartbreaking. <laughs> it really is. Oh, my God. Because, like, that's what you want. You want sympath- empathetic villains, not sympathetic, but like, yeah. or maybe, I don't know which one. Empathetic? Empathetic. Yeah. You don't want to feel bad for them, but you want to understand their feelings. Yes. Yes. <laughs> empathetic. You want empathetic villains. Yeah. Sympathetic? <laughs> Either way. Um, no, no. Sympathetic means you feel bad for them. Yeah, right? Yeah. Okay. Are you sure? Yeah. But don't are, don't we feel bad for her? Uh, well. Isn't that... Hmm. Words aside, words specific words aside. She wants some sort of thetic. You want some kind of thetic villain <laughs> that like you have feelings about and you don't. They're complicated. They're complex. They're not yeah. just mustache twisting, take over the world at any cost, pinky finger in the mouth, one million dollars type of shit. Yeah. Now she's like layers. I am ruined. Yeah. Yeah. Be an ogre. Yeah, you want you want you want onion villains. <laughs> what are you doing in my swamp? Anyways, back to Lemma, breaking my heart. Yep. She's been like bent by loneliness ever since her sister died. Yeah. That was her crack. That's how the dark side got into her. Just loneliness. And then she was looking for isolation. I think that's what centered, like, really centered deep into the Killix, too. Yeah, I don't remember, but I I think so. I got to reread that series. That's how the dark side got in, man. That's terrible. Loneliness. It'll get you. I think I love Alema right now. (laughs) Yeah. Like, oh. As just bonkers as she is all the time, Mm. and like, up and down and inconsistent in her decision making. She's exciting. You don't know what she's doing. Like she, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because she literally goes from holding a poison dart to, uh, to waiting for the perfect moment to smashing a ship through another ship yeah. to kill everybody on that ship. And then right now with this conversation with him, uh, yeah, okay, I'll be patient. Yes, yes, I have all the patience. <laughs> we do. I mean, we have all the patience. Yes, of course. Which that whole we really bothers Lumaya. Yeah. <laughs> Annoys her so much. Yeah. But that's the past. And as Lumaya says to end this segment, the past didn't matter. Any of it. There was only the future. Well, I mean, kind of matters. She's conflicted. <laughs> and like in the same conversation that yeah. she's having, this is yeah. Luke Skywalker sent me down this path. Past doesn't matter. Yeah. The past changed me irreversibly and made me the person I am, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> only the future matters. I will not make rational decisions. I will only make reactions. Aha! <laughs> like, what? 
All right. Maybe they are a little bit mustache twisty. Yeah. Cut to a Vita juice bar on Coruscant. All right. I, as much as I've complained about every scene being just in a cantina, this is weird. <laughs> why? Why a why a Vita juice bar? Why, yeah, like, I don't know. They're hanging out at, like a health food place. I mean, they can't just be at the fucking temple. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Master Kip Durin is going full Larry King on Mara, asking all the real tough questions. Finally. Such as, Jason is wild. Do you want the council to help? Yeah. I, I know it's your family, but like, we're here. Look at all of us. Very useful that we are. Uh, here's another tough question. Is Luke embarrassed about his family problems? Because he's nobody's talking to us about anything that's going yeah. on. Here's another question. Uh, not a question so much as a really cutting comment. He says, I'm surprised Luke has tolerated Jason this long. Yeah. Like, fuck it. Let him have it, man. Damn. Like, he's not holding back with Mara at all. Just, hey, here's here's some questions. <laughs> what? Why is everybody else being left out? Because you're not talking to us, I'm coming to you and saying what we're all thinking. I'm going to interrupt your green smoothie. Your carrot juice. Yeah. Kombucha that she doesn't some, even like. Some odd. Yeah, well, of course like, not. Who does? No. But it's like kale and carrot. That's a, those are the hard questions. Also, here's another question. Why are you planning to kill a Sith without telling the council? There's that classic lack of communication again. Yeah. <laughs> but for real, if I'm Mara, why am I doing that? No, get like five of those masters to be like, hey, there's a Sith. It's list. not a goddamn secret that she's back. She killed Master Lobi. With yeah. a lemma. Everybody knows it. Yep. So everybody else on the council is waiting for the master Skywalker, Luke, to tell them what to do about it. Yeah. And he's not. And the two of them are trying to solve it themselves without asking for help. Han and Leia abandon their family at the beginning of the story to go try to solve all the problems of Corellia by themselves. Yeah. Jason Solo abandons the Jedi Academy, the Jedi temple to join the secret police and try to solve all these problems by himself. Yeah. And along the way, nobody talks to anybody about what the hell they want to do. No, the only one that says anything about communication and family is what? Mirax. Yeah. Yeah. Wedge's daughter points it out and then it becomes supposedly Leia's driving force until she sees the lemma. And then it's, I don't want to talk to Luke anymore. I'm not even going to, Follow them back to Coruscant or anything like that. No. I don't know. I don't even know where they are right now in this book. No. But speaking of communications, a calm comes through and it's from Ben and he's back. He's at a civilian spaceport where the GAG presence is heavy. Mara, I don't know, assumedly throws her carrot juice on the ground and <laughs> runs out the turbo door yeah stay where you are i'm coming to you <laughs> yeah exactly she sees ben exchange respectful nods with a trooper who's walking by him when she gets there he's sitting on the bench and she suddenly remembers her 14 year old commands people like that yeah he's a lieutenant or something right yeah uh those are his underlings he's her... 14 years old yeah whatever rank he has yeah but he commands troopers uh 
in the GAG. That's bonkers, eh? Like, yes, yeah. your fourteen, your fourteen-year-old commanding thirty-five-year-olds. Jesus, yeah. and if you're that guy, like that's your boss. <laughs> your boss is fourteen. Hey, that's a lot of arguments. Yeah, <laughs> Wait, nah, if you're me, yeah, you're gonna question your judgment a lot, fourteen-year-old. But not in, uh, in not gonna question your force powers. No, like is so and so behind a door you know, over here or whatever. But like you know, the general decision making is probably not left entirely in his hands yeah and i would i would think that if it was me i would like probably ask him the questions to make him think about why are you making this decision <laughs> right don't yeah. just make decisions why are you yeah doing let's it? uh let's condescend to the jedi just boss. a little bit be respectful about it yeah sure try to make everything a teachable moment as they say exactly well mara gets him in a shuttle they're heading home and they have one hell of a conversation where Mara bounces between like realizing how grown up Ben is now and promising him that they'll have a good birthday party next year. Yeah. I she, she knows now though like he's a soldier. He's doing soldier stuff. He's not he can't just step away from being an adult now. Like he yeah. you don't go back to being a kid. He's doing what he has to do, like she did so many times in her life. She cannot argue him out of the GAG. Mm-hmm. It's impossible. They have no good argument. Or she doesn't. Chapter 3 has its own forward, as they do. And I was unprepared to read this one, <laughs> which is in Mandoa. Mushuk Gutalu Musharok Pakokior. Pressure makes gems, ease makes decay. Mandalorian proverb. Don't you dare lo- open your book right now and try to see how well I read that, you son of a bitch. I see you over there, Tim. Yeah. Pressure makes gems, ease makes decay. Yeah, you're not wrong. Also makes nicer people. But mm-hmm. have it your way. It's BK. The slave one, en route to Kuat. Myrta and Boba are engaging in your usual small talk. Such casual topics as how do you cope with being alone all the time, all your life? How did your dad die? Want want me to buy you a house? (laughs) Normal stuff. Normal grandfather, granddaughter, bonding. Totally Mandanormalian. They're getting along fine. They like each other. But Myrta feels that liking Boba Fett is a dishonor to her mama's memory. Yeah. Because her mom hated him because she didn't know him. Yeah. Because he abandoned their family when she was little. And all her life, her mom told her he was terrible. Yeah. What? And so two generations deeper, Myrta feels guilty for liking a guy who's not actually terrible. Well, when he's around. Yeah. <laughs> So there's a lot of caveats here. Yeah. But she's feeling bad about liking her grandpa, and that's not fair. No. But. Because he's both fit. But it is kind of fair at the same time. I mean, he didn't know about her, but he wasn't around for his daughter. Now his daughter's dead. His wife is dead. <laughs> his grandpa, uh, granddaughter. Having conflicted feelings about yeah. even liking the guy. <laughs> there's a whole lot of death in this family. His plan is to retrace Myrta's steps to find the clone Skirata 
when last she saw him. Yeah. Which was on a planet that gets spelled three different ways in my book. Mm-hmm. But Myrta and Fett end up, say it with me, at a cantina. Yes, That's right. Of fucking course they do. Now, like I said, props to the Vita Juice, even though that was weird. It was a different setting. <laughs> it's a different thing. But this criminal hunt, bounty hunter search, fine. It makes sense. The light, not lighthearted, but the, but the uh, friendly friends having conversation at the juice bar. Yep. That's, a, that's an okay venue for that, right? So the CD Cantina is a fine place to look for bounty hunters, whatever, whatever, or whatever but um, it's enough. Can't you talk to somebody on a street corner or something? Like, nobody talks until they get behind doors. Anyways, back to the cantina. And after some blaster drawing and left hand swinging, they get their next lead and move on to some gang casino. Yep. Bad guys in bad places. There you go. Easy peasy. Cut to G-A-G-H-Q. Try saying that again. <laughs> My God. It's just a bunch of letters. I'm surprised you didn't mess it up. <laughs> like <laughs> Until I realized how weird it was. <laughs> Cut to G-A-G-H-Q. Oh, Coruscant. Where Jason is so distracted by ponderance over his sacrifice that he speaks out loud. Yeah, he says it out loud. He speaks out loud. His thoughts. Yeah, it's got to be Ben. Without <laughs> even noticing that Corporal LeCauf has... And entered his office, put a coffee on his desk, and is standing in front of him. <laughs> this is so unlike Jason. Yeah. Back to what we were talking about in the review, where we figured out that, like, he's in animal scaredy mode. Yeah. This is unlike normal Jason. No. You know? Oh, I didn't even notice. Somebody walked in front of me. I have all of the awareness of the universe most of the time. And it's in his office, so it's got one of those automatic doors that go whoosh yeah. slide open. <laughs> you, you heard me do it. G-A-G-H-Q. That, yeah. that was the sound of that fucking door opening yeah. right in front of his face. That was the corporal coming in. It has to be Ben, he says. Insert Thor meme here. Does it, though? Mm-hmm. Does it have to be Ben? Here's a question. For you, Timothy, who would you want Jason's sacrifice to be? Uh, Want it to be, or... Who do you think it would be best served to be in the story? How about... Oh, okay. Because I would just choose, like, kill Lando. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. We all know how you feel about Lando. (laughs) Betray the man. That's all I'm saying. But, like, it would be... I think his best bet would be it's, like, twin sister. Right, eh? That would be a... Wouldn't that, that... well, you know what? Had she maybe been in the story so far, yeah. that could have been a cool setup. But Where that's her sacrifice, and then halfway through the story, she gone. There's still like four or five books left. That's what I mean. She can we got, still be there. Well, I mean, we're 100 pages into this one by the end of chapter four. Yeah. So we're like four and a third books through. We're only... We're almost halfway. 17% away from halfway through <laughs> the entire nine book series. So had you been building her up all this time, and then you cut her apart in book five or whatever. Yeah. That would be sick. His twin sister, somebody who he's lost touch with and doesn't feel like he loves. But then in the moment he's like, Oh my God, it's my sister. Yeah. And I can't do this. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. That'd be great. I still pick Lando. (laughs) (laughs) While he's still sitting in his office, he thinks to himself some more. 
when I rule as a Sith Lord. The idea was 90% sobering, 9% inappropriately exciting, and 1% repellent. Not 9% exciting? Liar. Liar! No. It'd be more like a, I don't know, 70 you 20 You turn 10. her against me! Sorry, what? It'd that be was... more like a 70 25. Like, come like on. Like 5% repellent. Don't tell me you're only 9% excited to rule the galaxy. Bullshit. Yeah. Oh, lying to yourself all the time, Jason Solo. Because he seems to be having a good time on the, on the way there. He's so dishonest with himself about his emotions. Yeah. Before Sith Mastery, though, he will have to conquer bureaucracy. Yep. The commander of the GAG can't even get proper supplies for his troops. The man who meets with the supreme commander of the armed forces and the president of the galaxy cannot get... The parts and pieces and kit that he needs for that would that would piss me off, buddy. I'd be so mad. Guess what? He doesn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> Long story short, lady on the phone tells him no, and he <laughs> is shocked. <laughs> yeah, and appalled. So what does he do? Same same thing anybody would do. Hires a lawyer droid. Yep. To cut his way through the red tape here. Too many rules in his way. How can somebody say no to me? <laughs> Illegal! Well, it's about to be. Get a robot lawyer. <laughs> That's the fucking move, man. Who who would know better? He's a robot. Cut to. And he doesn't care. <laughs> he doesn't care. He's a dispassionate robot. Yeah. Shoo. Cut to. Skywalker apartment on Coruscant. Where Mara arrives home with Ben. And all Luke can do is hug his boy. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Wants to hug him, ask him a couple of questions. Ben says he was off on a secret mission. To Uncharted Space. Which, <laughs> which leads Luke to think, Jason, you liar. Yeah. If he was on a secret mission, nobody else in the fucking universe would have sent him on one. It would have been me, his mom, or you, motherfucker, who said you didn't know nothing about nothing. <laughs> you liar. Yeah. Man... Hey, Luke, if you even knew the half of it, <laughs> he ain't just lying to you about where your kid is, man. It's got, you got fucking bad news waiting for you out there. <laughs> Luke asks, the, asks Ben to leave the GAG again, but this time, Ben logics the shit out of Luke. He says if it's a bad organization, then it needs good people to stay in it and change it from the inside and not abandon it to the bad guys. And if it's a good organization, then all you're really upset about is my safety. Boom. Roasted. Goodbye, Dad. Yeah, done. Get the fuck out of here. You have no argument to make. And Luke realizes that. He's like, that's very sound logic. Either, either they're bad guys I want you to get away from, which is only to protect you, or it's dangerous, and that's only to protect you. Because if they are bad guys, yeah, you should be in there. You're a Jedi. Well, you're not Jedi Knight, but you're a Jedi. And you're yeah. a good person. Like, yeah. And I think Ben would think more about it if, again, communication, Luke and Mora, Mora, yeah. nice. Luke and Mara <laughs> had told them, told him about, hey, this is why Jason's going dark, man. Yeah, right? Like, like and here's what he's done. 
Yeah, that, that's that's kind of a dimension of it I never really considered before. Is that nobody's telling Ben anything about Jason about their misgivings about his actions, and yeah. he's just walking around going, "This guy's great, and yeah. I should stop questioning him every time I do." Yeah, and Ben is standing next to this guy half the time, and yeah. they're like, "No, it's fine." Yeah, no, uh, but we can't tell you to go away though. Yeah, because he had made a good argument, yeah. and Luke's not just impressed with the argument; he's also impressed with. How like level headed Ben's delivery is. Yeah, he didn't get angry. No, he's not mad. He's he not whiny like a child. Freaking out like a teenager. Exactly. He's not being emotional. Luke says he's 14 going on 40. Yeah. Obviously, a reference to the 2004 Jennifer Garner classic, 13, 13 going on 30. Yeah. My girlfriend's like favorite movie, by the way. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> ben asks a bunch of politically esoteric questions over dinner about. How bad the empire was for regular people. How bad was it for regular people? Yeah. Most people, not bad. Yeah. The people who, if if you kept your head down and kept yourself, it wasn't that bad. You stepped out of line, it was bad. How bad is it for a few people to make decisions for trillions of people then? Because, like, most of the people in the galaxy were having an all right time in the empire. And then, like, you and your 12 friends were like, fuck this shit. Yeah. Dad. <laughs> Why is that okay? Why do you get to make decisions that affect trillions of people's lives? Damn. Did he ever grow up on that trip? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's that's a good question, man. After he leaves, though, Ben leaves, mom and dad have real talk. But what the hell they're going to do about Lumaya? Like you said, they don't. let's not talk about these serious, serious things in front of Ben. Yeah. We'll wait till he's gone. Mara agrees with me. And she says to Luke, what are you going to do? Hold her hand again? Boom. Roasted. Because the poor old girl doesn't mean any harm. Lumaya, queen of the stanging Sith. One of those sci-fi swear words in there. Yeah. yeah. Like that. But good. I'm glad she's on my side. Seriously. WTF, mate. Yeah. What the hell were you doing? What's wrong with why? you? Why? Like, why did you do that? So she doesn't even want to talk to Luke about what she's doing. Yeah. She's isolating herself even further. Mara is going to handle the assassination alone, which she does tell Luke. Yeah. You're not coming with me. You're a liability. You little sweetheart. You, I can't trust you to cut somebody's head off when you fucking need to. So you stay home, bastard. Pretty straightforward from Mara. Yeah. And we get to see as she's like packing up gear and getting all assassin mentality. We get to see, like, through Luke, him taking in the unfamiliarity of, like, her old assassin, uh, Hand of the Emperor persona. Someone she, he says, once had been. I think she's about to be it again, because finally somebody is doing something about Lumaya. Mm -hmm. Trying to find her. Trying to kill her. They haven't been looking for her. Like... Other than that one investigation that was really just more about the apartment and then the GAG thing. Yeah. They weren't looking for her. They were looking for information about her. Go find her and cut her little robot tits to bits. What are you doing holding hands in the middle of a fucking gunfight? <laughs> yeah. Cut her up, dude. Cut her up. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. She, Mara's like, you know what? There's enough psychotic people around you go handle a lemma like, 
Yeah. I can't trust you. you. Maybe it's better to save her. She used to be one of us at yeah. least. Okay. You savior boy. Fucking major savior complex. Go deal with that. I'll deal with the reality of cutting tits to bits. Okay. <laughs> I really just, I made that phrase up a minute ago. I really like it. Did you like it? I can tell. Chapter four comes with a foreword. And it seems to be a memo to chief of defense logistics. From the Supreme Commander, Galactic Alliance Defense Force, CC Chief of State, OCGAG, Head of Defense Procurement, regarding fleet supply and procurement concerns. The shortfall in supplies in theater and the failure of equipment to meet standards are intolerable. Moving on, you are to give Colonel Solo, OCGAG, every cooperation in resolving this situation as rapidly as possible. This is to be your top priority, and Colonel Solo is authorized to use any means necessary to achieve it. Admiral Cha Nyethal, SCGADF. It's a memo saying, give Jason everything he wants and stop telling him now. Yeah. <laughs> From the head of the army through the president of the galaxy. Yep. <laughs> simple it's a it's a literal note from your mom that says i can do what i want <laughs> that's what it is yeah i like it look it says i'm allowed yeah jason barks and the supreme commander backs him up nobody tells me no no buddy <laughs> cut to defense supply on coruscant jason and his lawyer droid come up with a way around all the red tape and being told no how how you ask simple Change a law to let you change other laws. Which will in turn allow you to change the law to change laws. Ladies and gentlemen, Jason versus bureaucracy is over. Yeah. It was a one round knockout and it's fucking done. <laughs> he hired a droid to figure it out for him. Why doesn't everybody do that? I mean, like enough people are rich enough to hire a lawyer droid. I'm sure. I'm sure. So, like, God, I, I'm sure he didn't even have to hire the droid. Yeah, it's well, hey, man, the, the droid helped him a lot. Yeah, right. I get what you mean. He could have, like, uh, well, yeah. with all these problems of pr- procurement, he's yeah. going outside the military to take care of this himself. Yeah. Make sure it gets done. And now he goes inside the military to destroy all the bureaucracy of people telling him no. Not happening. And to further make his point, he sends some desk jockey <laughs> who's been uh, rubber stamping all these shitty kits, the broken cannon pieces. To go test the cannon parts on the front line on a Star Destroyer. Yeah. Oh, I really like that power move, man. Yeah, that was really good. Going to get those better parts now, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. But really, respect. Yeah. Don't send me dog shit and tell me to win a war with it. I like that part, too. He's like, anyone else that wants to go, that's fine. You can... Uh, we'll we'll accommodate hey, yeah, you. Yeah, we will gladly <laughs> accommodate you and send you to any star destroyer of your choosing. Yeah, have fun out there. Yeah. Oh, one more thing about that law, like you mentioned, Tim. I can change the law that lets me change laws. <laughs> if I use that wisely, I can bypass the Senate when I need to. The power of simple human reason was as effective as the Force some days. <laughs> ah, yes. The true magic power. Thinking. Yes. <laughs> With a fucking computer brain. Yeah. You know, that a dispassionate computer brain that has no concept of right or wrong. That just, if you can do it, do it. 
Yeah. I'm not going to judge the value of if it's okay or not. Yeah. I'm not, I don't care about the morality of it. I'm just going to tell you the rules. From Jedi to Colonel to politician in a few weeks. Yeah. Days? I don't know. <laughs> Months? Probably a few months at this point. Uh, cut to gang casino on Kuat. Casino in a waterfall. Behind the waterfall. It's badass. Pretty cool idea. I like it. Might have might have seen heard heard something similar before in a RPG game that I may have ran for you. Boba Fett throws the gangster boy over a railing to get his answers. Ties him up with a cord. Woo! Throws him over the side. Got his answers pretty quick. A new lead for Skirata with a Twi'lek family name to hunt down. Ooh, easy peasy. It'll be so easy to find him. Fett and Merta are making a hell of a team Yeah. in this casino. Just bla- not blasting their way through, but sweet talk their way through and then muscle their way out and rocket pack their way out. Yeah. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Dangerous beyond dangerous, too. Like, they're fucking deadly combination and as they flee the casino destroying their pursuers as you do they've got unexpected help from an unexpected visitor getting the drop on Myrta in slave one somebody gets in his ship in boba fett's ship and takes his granddaughter hostage so dead who is it leads be damned it's the clone scarada the search is over he found you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and essentially he's just like uh, why you looking for me I found you yeah. cut to G-A-G-H-Q Coruscant where Ben is enjoying being one of the boys with the other G-A-G soldiers in the briefing room they're all like it's like a school assembly you get to sit next to your friends from all yeah. the classes and they're all like whispering to each other and laughing and stuff he thinks they like me for me not because I'm some Skywalker. Yeah. Because I help them. And I'm a part of the team. Part of the team. I'm a yeah. nice person. They like me for me. Jason comes in to give the briefing. And Ben is in awe of his natural leadership. He thinks these people love Jason. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. And they talk about why. He leads from the front. He doesn't spend lives cheaply. And he doesn't ask them to do anything he wouldn't do. Well, yeah, I mean, that's easy when you're a space Jesus Jedi. Yeah. You can do anything. Ask anybody to do anything because I can do it. It's easy. All right. Sure. I mean, it's a measuring stick, I guess. Yeah. Ben wants to learn how to disappear in the force, too. That's what Jason tells him, how to win the people over. And now Jason teaches him how to disappear in the force. They sit down, crisscross applesauce. Mm-hmm. And he... Teaches him how to blend his conscious being into the singular atoms of all the things around him. Simple. And he reaches a point where there was no line. There was no edge that divided Ben Skywalker from the room or from Coruscant or from the galaxy. He merged with it all and it merged with him. There was nothing solid. Just a warm, drifting sea of molecules some of which assembled loosely and long enough to be Ben Skywalker. First try. Yeah. <laughs> First try disappears into the force. And I'll say this again. I don't remember what power it was before. Oh, it was, I think, Jason flow walking 
This sounds like a psychedelic trip. The yes. way that this is described is like the release of your ego becoming something beyond yourself. Yeah. Like merging with the uh, the existence outside of yourself that you're not aware of consciously all the time. Mm-hmm. A lot of force power is being stri- described as a psychedelic trips. It's powerful shit. Yeah. <laughs> so let's use it in the force. And again, Ben is in awe. This time, true awe. Like, I just saw God awe. Yeah. And it's not space Jesus sitting next to me, crisscross applesauce. But something really amazing just happened. And he's determined to master this technique. Oh, and Jason has a job for Ben. Easy. Of course. Yeah. Assassinate Dirk Edgen. <laughs> uh, ben feels kind of off put, but also obligated to accept. Yeah. I mean, it's a big job. Nobody else can do it. The way that Jason phrases it is much like the amulet test. Where it's, you're the only one that can do it. Because you're a teenager, you can get close to him and nobody suspects you. And Ben has that thought again about how, like, it's funny how the grown-ups want you to be a grown-up until they need you to be a, a, a child. And then they use you to be a child yeah. and expect you to act like a grown-up again. He's not wrong. Like, it's double standards all over be the place. Be a grown-up right? while acting like a child. Yeah, exactly. Act like a child and then kill that man. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird, weird job. It's a weird job, Jay. But all right. As Ben leaves, Jason barely holds in a sigh. He thinks, I can't kill Ben. I can't even think about it. But he forces himself to, and he winds up with his head in his knees and tears streaming down his cheeks. Thinking about, thinking about killing Ben. Thinking about thinking about it. Yeah. He's crying. Yeah, he's a mess now. The weight of his sacrifice is breaking him down. Like, it's too hard from the moment of protecting his daughter from aura Singh. It's too hard. The sacrifice. It's too real. Yeah. It's too, it's breaking him down. Will it be Ben? Will it be Tenel Ka or Alana? Will it be Lando? <laughs> Perhaps we find out next week when we cover chapters five through eight. Of Legacy of the Force, Sacrifice. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. Lie down. Try not to cry. Cry a lot. (laughs) For any comments and questions, you can hit us up at forevercanonpodcast at gmail.com. Forever Canon Podcast is a Jay Plazer production. Catch us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Jay Plazer. Check us out.